so completely ready. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Don't judge me. Anyway, yes. Looks like you're doing right. something. Yeah. Got me notes. <laughs> all right, okay. That's all right. Okay, now. Hello and welcome all into the MO podcast. As always, you're here with me, Consumatious Ant. And me, Atreya. And today, what are we going to be talking about? So, I'm prepared. So we're going to be talking about the Phillip Island murder of Beth Barnard. Um, Now, I know that you're actually familiar with this case as well because I got you hooked. So, if you want to just dive in at any point do feel free or if i get anything wrong correct me i'll try i was uh, well i was drunk when i wrote the notes they, they, there's a lot of notes but i was also drunk that's so. how this podcast works <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know <laughs> so what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna give a summary of the case and then we'll pull it apart okay, okay? Yeah, so. so the summary is on the 23rd of September 1986, on Phillip Island, Australia, um, murder victim Beth Barnard was found in her home, um, basically stabbed to death. Um, Beth had been having an affair with a prominent family member um, on the island called Fergus Cameron. His family owned pretty much the whole island, they were a big deal. Now, Fergus was married and he had two kids. Okay, so his wife found out about the affair and drove over to Beth's, killed her good, then drove to a bridge and jumped off it and her body was never recovered. That's the summary. Sounds pretty open and shut, right? Yeah, that is, uh, that is what was, well, what has been reported. Yeah. But when you pull it apart and really look deep, mm, I don't buy that at all. So aside from the fact that Vivian's body was never found, how do we know she's dead? Also, the coroner, um, he declared her dead only after two years of her disappearance. Like, And he was like, I'm pretty much convinced she died by leaping from the bridge. How? How? How are you convinced? You're a coroner. You deal with dead people. How do you know she's a dead person? Because you can't find a dead body. Not buying it. Yeah. So, all right, okay. So, let's go into detail. So, Beth worked two jobs. Um, She worked at the island's penguin parade, which is just where you get to watch the penguins waddle back with some forwards at night. So, yeah, I've got a... uh, This is actually from... (laughs) Penguin parade. Phillip Island penguin parade. And these are the smallest penguins that they... that that are in existence. They're called fairy penguins. That's so cute! Uh, And as you can see, you can watch them from underground or on top. It's adorbs. 
So yeah, so Beth um, and Fergus actually both worked at the Penguin Parade, which is kind of, they basically had a few jobs together, uh, but that was the main one. They, they kind of got good friends and then Fergus decided he would offer Beth a job at his farm as a farmhand to kind of help him out. So um, they kind of got really, really close, had a few drinks, had a party at Beth's, ended up sleeping together, and then they began this affair. So Vivian had had a conversation with her sister-in-law, uh, Fergus's sister, and she'd said, you know, she kind of knew about the affair. She was really depressed. She'd suggested counselling. He said no. Um, and she pretty much admitted to his sister that if it hadn't have been Beth, it would have been somebody else. Like, basically, we're kind of done. He's having an affair. It could be anybody. Now, if we look at the timeline of the day that Beth was found murdered, so... Eight o'clock in the evening, Fergus is just left work from the Penguin Parade. He goes over to Beth's. She's not at work that day because she's feeling sick. She's got a cold. Vivian, Fergus's wife, is sat at their house at home with his sister, Marnie. Bear in mind, Vivian knows he's supposed to have left work at eight o'clock. So nine o'clock comes and Fergus leaves Beth's house and heads home. He gets home around 10. I don't know how far it is from his to Beth's, but this is an hour. Uh, and he then proceeds to take a 25-minute business call. Now, at this point, Vivian is fucking livid because he's already, like, two hours late from work. Where have you been? Doesn't take that long to get home. You didn't even bring me any wine. <laughs> She's also sipping a glass of wine there, but only one, only one. So Fergus's sister Marnie's like, oh, this is a bit, I'm just going to leave. Awkward. So she, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> orcs. <laughs> so she leaves. Um, so Vivian then, after he's finished this call, she's foaming. She accuses him of having an affair and she hits him with a wine glass. It smashes, it cuts his ear, smashes all down his back and... He then needs to go to the hospital for stitches. Um, so Vivian calls Marnie up again. She's like, oh, no, it was real orcs, but I need you to come back over to watch the kids because I've got to take Fergus to A&E. They didn't tell the hospital staff what happened. They just kind of showed up covered in blood. So it's a weird one, that, isn't it, with the hospital staff? Because they don't, they weren't forthcoming about what had actually happened. Nope. They just turned up. And they were there for a good few hours, mm -hmm. and it was just something's happened kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess from probably from the hospital's perspective, maybe they just thought, well, this is a domestic that's got out of hand. I don't know how many domestics there are on Phillip Island, but yeah. it seems pretty small. So, maybe I mean, quite a few. well, for reference, this is Phillip Island. Uh, so it is an island it's connected by a bridge at new haven and san remo and it isn't that 
big of a place and apparently everyone kind of knew everyone and yeah strangers were kind of not frowned upon but if you if your face didn't fit in everyone would know and then the kind of the jungle telegraph would go around and it'd be like oh have you seen that mm-hmm. guy? i don't know what he's doing there kind of thing so yes if they didn't know them directly they would have known about them especially because Fergus was, as you say, he was a member of this family that owned quite a lot of land in the area. So he was kind of, he was he would have been well known and they would have well known. So maybe that's the reason as to why they didn't elaborate on what happened. Like Yeah. I, Let's not mess with the Camerons. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very possibly. Um also the the wine glass that she hit him with was not found at the scene of the crime just putting that out there so all right quarter past 10 they're at the hospital fergus gets stitches for the cut on his ears gets the cuts on his back tended to and he allegedly says something along the lines of at least it doesn't hurt to which vivian kind of mutters under her breath well lucky for you because it does for me Weird thing to say. The hospital staff said that Vivian didn't have any kind of injuries at all that they could see. She was perfectly fine. So why she would say that, who knows? So um, in the meantime, Marnie, Fergus's sister, and her husband, Ian, they go to the Cameron's house and they apparently find blood and glass in the kitchen and the bathroom, which they then clean up. Which still, yes, I guess that explains why the glass is missing, but then there still would have been traces of the glass. You know, I mean, are they forensic cleanups? Because I don't think they're that good. It's just sweep it up with a bit of a brush, chuck yeah. it in the bin. They, it would be in the bin or something, you know what I mean? It wouldn't just disappear. So anyway, it gets to midnight. The Camerons come back home and they talk. Now, Fergus later tells the police in his statement that him and Vivian decided to divorce and that he would have full custody of the kids as she wasn't a very good mother. Uh, that was her her words. She said, I'm, I'm a bad mother. And she also told him to not expect Beth to be a great stepmother. Uh, and that he was an excellent father. Now... By all accounts, everybody that knew Vivian was like she was, like she lived for those kids. That was it. Her, that was those kids with were her absolute life. Yeah. So it yeah. seems strange to me that she would just be like, "Yeah, we should probably divorce, and I'll just like move somewhere else, and you could just have the kids." Yeah, I don't even really want to see them on a weekend. Just. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is weird, but I mean, it's 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 one of them. What's what's that quote? Like history is is always written by the winners kind of thing Mm -hmm. so i mean he said this fergus has said this and there's there's always two sides to a story but in this case there isn't another side because obviously vivian's disappeared Mm -hmm. it's a weird one right so um vivian then says to fergus i want you to stay at your sister's house tonight and he's like no i don't want to she's like no i really think you should stay at your sister's tonight like really so he goes, oh, okay, fine. I'm not happy about it, but I'll go and stay at, at uh, Marnie's. So he goes, Vivian drops him off at his sister's house down the road. They all live on the same road. 
Now, at three o'clock in the morning, so an hour later, Vivian makes a phone call to her friend Robin Dixon, and Robin's husband takes the call. And Vivian asks, hey, can you and Robin come over and look after the kids? Because there's been trouble. But she didn't say what kind of trouble. She just said, there's been trouble. Can you watch the kids? So 15 minutes later, the Dixons arrive to pick the kids up and they notice Vivian's black purse on the counter. They don't see Vivian, but they're like, oh, she's must have been in a hurry. She's left her bag. Um, it's at this point that the police believe that Vivian took the Land Cruiser and drove over to Beth's. Now, the Land Cruiser was a weird choice because the only people that ever drove it were Beth and Fergus because it was this like big thing that they just used to haul farm equipment around and supplies and stuff. And Vivian had her own car, so which was incidentally already fully fueled by her brother-in-law because he thought she was going on a trip away to visit her sister or something. So she had plenty of fuel, she had a car that was hers, and she still took the Land Cruiser, which was weird. 15 minutes later then, so this is 3.30 a.m., Beth's neighbour hears a Land Cruiser approaching Beth's property. Now, I don't know about you, but if I hear a car, like, down the street, I can't say... That is definitely a Ford Fiesta. Without even looking out the window, I don't know what cars sound like. Yeah, I mean... Specifically. Yeah, that it, it's, it's a weird one, because... I don't... I think she lived. I can't. I can't. I can't remember how the geography went, but I think she lived on kind of a uh, maybe not a dead end road, but yeah. you had to go past this neighbor's house. And when you turned around, the the light shined into this neighbor's house. Oh no! That oh. It, no 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 no. Sorry, no. It was Beth's house. When you when you kind of turned around, your light would shine. the The front lights would shine into the bedroom of beth's house so beth would have i mean light shining headlights shining you in your bedroom is kind of going to wake you You would have woke up yeah but but this neighbor didn't yeah she heard it she claims to have heard it and i mean i know they're a bigger car but but it could have been any car unless she can specifically say i saw a land cruiser yeah And and she says she hears it it can't be there's there's other vehicles involved in this mm-hmm. farming community kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a bit sus, that one. It is. Um, so, whoever it is, whether it was a Land Cruiser, whether it was Vivian, whoever it is, whoever gets into Beth's house, whatever happens, Beth is, she's stabbed repeatedly, um, she's cut, slashed all up her face so hard that it actually knocks a tooth out. Um, the house is just like covered in blood and the killer actually carves an a into her chest actually so so deep that it actually cuts through several layers of fat it's pretty horrific um and then they leave at 5 a.m a random bloke in a car passing the phillip island bridge notices a car by the bridge but he can't remember the make or the model or even the colour. He just says he thought it was weird, somebody was there that early, but they were probably like having a piss and he just carried on driving. 
the police, incidentally, are going, that was definitely Vivian's car. It is actually what he said as well, isn't it? Because there were restrooms at at the beginning of the bridge, so he was like, oh, they were just having a... Having a piss, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, see? But the police, straight away, they're like, no, 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 the car that you saw definitely had to have been Vivian Cameron's. Why? He said he didn't know the make or the model or even the colour. It could have been a double-decker bus that was sat there. He can't remember. He just noticed at the corner of his eye. So again, not really decent evidence. So anyway, let's get back to the Dixons. The Dixons are babysitting the kids. So this is half past seven. Robin's starting to get a bit pissed off because she's like, firstly, I've had broken sleep. Secondly, I've been looking after kids for the last four hours. And thirdly, I need to go to fucking work. When is this woman going to pick her kids up? What am I? I'm a babysitting service. Not for So, exactly. Breakfast club. Fuck that. So, so she tries to get in touch with Vivian um, on the phone. There's no answer on the phone. So, um, Robin then rings Fergus's brother to ask if everything's okay. Um, Fergus then asks his brother and his brother-in-law to go over to Beth's house to check if she's okay, saying he fears something terrible's happened to her. Now, his first thought at this particular moment is not, why is Vivian not answering the phone and where the fuck are my kids? Where's my wife? Where are my wife and kids? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, he's like, oh, okay, Robin, what, like, Robin's got the kids. Why has Robin got the kids? Where, where is my wife? No, nothing. Just, dudes, go over and please check that my hot-ass girlfriend is okay because my wife was pretty pissed last night. Um, So Ian Cairns, who's Fergus's brother-in-law, and Don Cameron, his brother, they go to Beth's. They discover the body. Now, they wait until ten past nine to go to the police station. And when they get there, they're very... They didn't just kind of run in and go, oh my goodness, there's been a horrible murder, please come quickly. They kind of hush hush, like on the kind of, you might want to, um, I need to, there's, could you go to Beth Barnard's house, please? Because um, I, I think she's, uh, Beth isn't well. She's unwell, yeah, yeah. Unwe- unwell? Uh huh. Yeah, death will do that to you. Yeah. Uh huh. She's unwell. Why would you... What a weird choice of words. (laughs) Somebody's either dead or they're not. She definitely wasn't unwell. (laughs) You could clearly tell she was definitely, definitely not well, but in a completely different way. Yeah, the state of her as well is is like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Like, she didn't just trip... She didn't just stand on a piece of Lego. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, so... Anyway... At 10am, bear in mind, still no sign of Vivian, Glenda Frost, who's Vivian's friend, she gets a phone call and she's sat with her other friend and she says to her friend, hey, it's it's Viv, two sex, I'll be right back. She says she is 100% sure it was Vivian that spoke to her on the phone and Vivian was asking her if she'd managed to get a patchwork pattern for, for like quilts. Um, for a gift she wanted to make for somebody. Glenda says Vivian sounded totally normal and she's convinced Vivian knew nothing about the murder. So, and, and Glenda's friend Pam was there 
witnessing all of this. She totally agrees with it. So if Vivian's already jumped off the bridge before 5am, how is she then ringing Glenda? Yeah. Strange. And if they're such good friends, you would be able to tell if it was your friend ringing you. You could tell their voice. You'd recognise their voice. Yeah, of course. And as well, they they had at least a telephone call every week. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think this is what Glenda was saying. She they they spoke constantly. If they didn't meet up, they went to there was a there was a this was it farming show or a horse show or something, and and mm -hmm. they were constantly going together. So you would, she would know that yeah. it was Vivian. Yeah. If if somebody rings you, like, if if somebody rang me that wasn't you and went, hey, it's Aunt, I'd be like, no, it isn't. Aunt who? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know any other aunts, and you're not the aunt that I know because you don't sound anything like him. You would just know. You recognise the voice of your friend. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm... Mm. So anyway... It gets to 4 p.m. that the following day, and Palm Cameron, Fergus's sister, um, she sees it's his sister-in-law. Sorry, she sees the Land Cruiser at the Phillip Island Bridge. She takes the keys out. She's like, "Oh, it's been abandoned." She takes the keys out. She takes the black purse out. She locks the car up, and then she rings the police. Vivian's cigarettes, her purse, and a blood-stained face washer were inside the vehicle. Now, if you remember when um, the Dixons picked the kids up, they noticed that Vivian's purse was on the counter. So this was at... What time are we looking here? 3.15. So at 3.15, Vivian had already left by then. She, she had her purse on the counter... So what she are they is the, are the police saying that Vivian then got to the Phillip Island Bridge ready to commit suicide and then went shit I've left my bag at home drove all the way home to pick her bag up to drive all the way back to the bridge to leave her car and everything in it unlocked and then jump off and kill herself because yeah. that makes yeah. zero sense and then what's interesting to note about that is it's an island. This bridge is the only way in or out of it. And mm -hmm. when this crime was first reported, they asked is it Melbourne uh, police officers to come and aid the case. So in this like 24 hours time span that no one's seen this car, there has been police people who have an APB out looking for this make and model of the car and they've been driving past it and gone... Yeah, that's nothing to do with us. Keep going. Well, what is essentially twelve, nearly twelve hours? Yeah, they've been driving backwards and forwards. If if the van was there when they think it was there, yeah. at five o'clock that that morning, they've literally driven past it for eleven hours and not noticed it. Yeah, all day long. So, either they're not very good at their job, or it wasn't really. There. It wasn't there yeah. exactly, exactly, and it just seemed to me a little bit. Like, say if say if Vivian did do it right, and so say it gets to she, but she didn't kill herself. But she wants to like go on the run, so she rings her friend Glenda so that everybody, so that she can be like, oh hey, have you got any patchwork quilting you know patterns? And 
everybody thinks, oh, well, Vivian didn't know anything about the murder because she didn't ring Glenda going, oh my god, I've done a terrible thing, and she didn't sound freaked out in the slightest. Then maybe she goes back to get her purse to go on the run with her money. But it just seems a little bit like, you know, like, oh, not let's not go Scooby-Doo. Let's maybe go, you know, like Sherlock Holmes or something like that. It just seems like a bit Miss Marple. Everything is there, like her yeah. cigarette, her specific brand of cigarettes, yeah. her black purse, which she left in the house, and a blood-stained cloth. Yeah, it, it is a bit... It's almost staged. All, yeah, all, 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 like someone's wrote this, and, and yeah, like this is fan fiction. This yeah, uh, it's bizarro. It's absolutely bizarro. Um, and I mean, so they think that when the A was carved into Beth's chest, that it was um to do with a book by Nathaniel Hawthorne called The Scarlet Letter, um, where basically this woman is made to wear the letter A for adulterous <laughs> again that just seems really <sighs> yeah. it does just seem miss marple it just doesn't seem real so the thing that caught my attention with that is that fergus's family they were very religious i, I don't know about very religious but they were religious whereas it doesn't yeah. seem vivian was kind of pulled into that okay maybe she went to church with them just as a community thing but it just seems a little bit random that yeah that would it, it like you say it just seems like it was planted there mm -hmm. to 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 show them that yes vivian my the wife killed yeah. her because she she was an adulterer uh, yeah i mean they found um like cigarette butts and stuff at the scene of the crime as if the killer had killed beth and then had a tab but they weren't vivian's brand mm. so that's a bit of a cock up yeah but vivian's blood type which is a was found all over the crime scene now, at the time, DNA testing wasn't as good as it is now, so they could just tell that it was blood type A. They couldn't tell that it was specifically Vivian's. There's a lot of people that are blood type A. Of course, yeah. You know, could have been anybody. Um, but it didn't go in her favour, really. They were like, yeah, her blood is literally everywhere. Blood type A is everywhere. Um, she did have motive, to be fair. Her husband was having an affair. Uh, she also came from a fractured family uh, when her, her dad actually left her mum for a younger woman when Vivian was eight years old. So she kind of already has that trigger. Yeah. Um, she'd also rang Lifeline um, when she was so down about, you know, them going their separate ways. Um, but she did try to save her marriage. She lost weight and she started to dress differently um, to try and save the marriage. Um, maybe she saw no other way out other than to kill Beth and then kill herself, but then she would be leaving her kids, and I really don't think that that seems... It doesn't seem in character with Vivian. Um, so I did write some questions down, um, or some just little facts. Uh, a bit of a silly one, and I, but I kind of wanted to put it in just because it was... It was mentioned in so many of the documentaries that I watched about it, and I was just like, it's what you do about now. So, 
Beth went on holiday in the Maldives 11 months before she was murdered and her and her friends were approached by this um, Indian palm reader and he was like, hey, can I read your palms? And her friends were like, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. He read their palms, they had a bit of a laugh and then he got to Beth and apparently he looked at her palm and said, uh, I'm too tired, I'm not going to read your palm and then walked away <laughs> very sinisterly like, you know, yeah. like, mm. There's a that lifeline's a bit short there on that. <laughs> no, I've nothing to do with that. Uh... Which I mean, yeah, but all the documentaries really focused on that. Like, it was fate. Like, no, it's oh, just a no, little throwaway story. He probably yeah. was tired. He's had a long day <laughs> reading poems. Yeah, like, yeah you know. he's knackered. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they might have had him there for four hours. Some people are really, really into it. Yeah, indeed. you know. Um, also. The Phillip Island Bridge is not your average place for people to commit suicide. Vivian lived right near some massive cliffs that would have killed you like that. And the Phillip Island Bridge used to be used by the local teenagers for jumping off for the crack during the summer. So it was known that you, you wouldn't kill, you'd be killed if you jumped off it. Yeah. it you just wouldn't. It, it, um, I, I read that it was... Uh like the kids in the summer like tombstoned off it and yeah the the, the currents weren't horrendous they wouldn't drag yeah. you out to sea and if kids are jumping off the bridge then obviously it's not going to knock you out kind no of thing. exactly drag you away i mean the current i know they were all like well bodies are washed away by currents all the time yeah okay they are but Vivian had lots of things on, she was wearing lots of things that weren't found in the car, weren't found at the scene of the crime, so she was obviously wearing them when she disappeared, and if she had jumped into the bridge, those things would have washed up somewhere, like her glasses, her yeah. scarf, yeah. you know, and there was no sign of any of these and, at all. And and also the police kind of dredged that river as well, mm -hmm. they weren't, yep. like, they went square by square, and... Yep nothing was ever found even something that had fell out of a pocket like if you're jumping off and something's going to come out your pocket or like you say your shoes come off or mm -hmm. a sock or something like that nothing was ever found in in the yeah. river exactly so that says to me she wasn't in the river um she'd also before she um before she disappeared she had been going around telling people, like her friends and family and that, that she was going to move away to Melbourne and take the kids. She was going to leave Fergus, move on with her life, take the boys with her, and just fuck off and live her best life. What? Yeah. What? Why? Why wouldn't? If she was quite happy to, yeah, that's that's my plan. That's what I'm going to do. I'll take the I'll take the boys. I'll move to Melbourne. Then why commit suicide? Yeah. She okay. was gone. I, th I think like the week before this happened, Vivian had talked to her brother who lived in Melbourne and he was supposed to come to see this show as well. And she actually wanted to go and visit him earlier, mm -hmm. but then she kind of just went, oh. I think he was busy and, and she didn't eventually go, but she had talked to him about mm -hmm. the situation and what was going on. So yeah she i don't think she was suicide no. or murderous no and especially since everybody in the who knew her 
um, in the community had described her as a kind, caring, articulate and compassionate individual who used to take casseroles to people who were sick. Doesn't sound, I mean, okay, yeah, psychopaths, are, they can pull the wool over people's eyes, but she actually doesn't sound like a psychopath. She just sounds like a nice lady. You know, I feel kind of sorry for her. Also, statistically, when a woman finds out that her spouse is having an affair, they tend to take it out on Kill the spouse. The yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not yeah, the person they're having an out. affair with. Yeah, that's the way I'd go. Uh, you know, you cheating bastard. Yeah. You know, as your head stoved in with a bottle of wine or something. Yep. That, that so, yeah. Also, so... Here we get onto the interesting bits. So the investigator who analysed the knife that was found at the crime scene, he couldn't definitively say that was the weapon that caused the wounds to Beth. In fact, a knife expert said that the knife that made the cuts uh, seemed similar to a knife that was banned in the 1980s and it was like a ritual kind of knife. So it had like, it's something you see in, a, in a Skyrim or Oblivion. It's got like a straight blade and then it's got like two prongs coming down. Oh, so when yeah, the, yeah. When the knife was jammed in, it made like a, a hole and then two little holes, like because it was forced in so hard. And the knife that was found at the crime scene was just a regular kitchen knife. Um, so the analyst was kind of like that. I can't say that that's it doesn't look anything like it, you know. Um, they're also the cigarettes that were found at the crime scene that they all said were vivs. There was no blood on them. So what she... <laughs> She had a tab and then decided to kill Beth. Yeah, this this is it. And as well with the ferocity of the attack, there would have been blood. She would have been covered in blood. Yeah, and like mm -hmm. and like you say, women when they find out they're being cheated on, they usually take their their anger out on the partner. Mm -hmm. I, I think a few people in in the podcast that I've listened to have said that not being disrespectful, but a woman wasn't capable of this kind of violence it, mm -hmm. it was it was above and i mean girl power and all that and do what you want to do but it was the crime scene was that bad she'd been stabbed multiple times and mm -hmm. with the a being carved into her it's not something that would be in the mindset of a woman mm -hmm. i also i don't understand because they'd said that um they think that she, the first um, stab wound was when she was like asleep. So that she got stabbed and then she kind of woke up and then they couldn't quite decide if she just died of blood loss fairly quickly afterwards and she didn't really know where she was or if she'd fought back because it looked a bit like she'd fought back. Okay, A, Vivian was teeny weeny. I don't know that she was, and Beth looked quite strong. It didn't, I just don't think... It, it, that would have no for me also apparently she always locked her door yeah so how did they get in there was no sign of a forced entry yeah so what i what i heard about that was the first stroke was uh i think it went into like a shoulder blade or something mm. but it caused internal bleeding and it was a slower bleed so mm. it was a fatal stab but she still had two or three minutes before she died so therefore if that's the first step you wake up and she did have defensive wounds on her hands and her arms yeah and it, it just kind of kept going so she kind of bled out from that first one 
but there was enough time for her to go fucking hell at her and then mm-hmm. try and fight back to 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 this person. But again, there was no blood in on the cigarettes in the car anywhere that Vivian has claimed to have been. So this is it for me, right? So they were all about that there was loads of um, blood type A at the crime scene, which means Vivian must have been injured if it was her. She had to have been injured if there was blood all over the crime scene. However, there was no blood type A on Beth's body at all. All of the blood on Beth's body was her own. So how does that happen? And like you say, there's no blood in the car at all. But there's blood type A all over the crime scene. It sounds like somebody's bled out quite a bit. It would have it would have been in the car. Yeah. Yeah. It's if that was the car that was taken. Yeah. Again, it's a little bit Miss Marpley, isn't it? It is, yeah. It does seem very strange. Um but I mean apparently thirty three percent of the entire nation have blood type A, so Yeah, because it wasn't she- this is Vivian's blood, it was just this yeah. blood type A. Blood type so, A. I mean, mm-hmm. Now, whatever somebody uh, somebody else who was doing the investigation was saying was um, the bridge, like the railing that they say that Vivian jumped off was covered in salt. And there was no break in the salt at all to say that anybody had even leaned on it, let alone stood on it or disturbed the salt in any way, shape or form. So unless she did a really big jump off the pavement... Yeah. Like, skipped the railing. <laughs> fucking hurdled it. Like parkour, you know. <laughs> I just... Mm. Um, speaking of blood type A, so Marnie and Ian, um, they reported seeing a blood-soaked towel and face washer at the Cameron's house. So you one would assume that if it's blood type A, which we know Fergus isn't blood type A... That was after they'd had the fight with the wine glass. So if there's blood on a face washer at their house, that either has to mean that Vivian was hurt at the time and covered it up and didn't tell the hospital staff, or she came back to the house after she'd murdered Beth, cleaned up, got her stuff, and then drove away. Yeah. But again, it just seemed a bit convenient, Yeah. you know? Um, Fergus had mentioned that he thought Vivian had taken the Land Cruiser to fool Beth into thinking that it was him coming up the drive because he always took the Land Cruiser to her house and that that's why Beth would have been like relaxed and she would have let them let somebody in but she didn't let anybody in yeah in fairness she was uh, in bed it's three o'clock in the morning she's asleep and she's in bed exactly she's had no phone well Vivian's not going to ring her and go no hello hey, you up? i was hoping i could kill you and put on a voice or something <laughs> do you know what i mean and, and i go yeah, yeah. Just leave the back door open love <laughs> yes uh so why would why why no exactly unless sense. she forgot to lock her door there was no sign of forced entry nobody could have broken in but at the same time they then can't turn around and say she must have known the person who knocked on the door because she there was no sign of what she let somebody in because then they're saying that she was asleep when she was attacked so was she asleep or did she answer the door to somebody she knew which which is it yeah exactly pick a side exactly uh 
And as well, she had a uh, a dog that was giving. It was like either in labour, well, not in labour. He was either pregnant or it had just been giving pups, and mm. she was very fearful, uh, very protective of that dog. So she would have had the door closed. Like it, it wasn't the dog wasn't in the state to protect her. So. Mm-hmm. If you've got a dog, maybe you think, oh, I'll just leave the door tonight because the dog will start mm-hmm. barking if someone comes in. And it, if yeah. someone came in, then surely the dog, as enfeebled as it is, it would have started barking because it doesn't know that person. They don't. Mm-hmm. The dog doesn't know Vivian. Mm-hmm. Vivian's never been there. So mm-hmm. it would have started barking, but it never woke her up because Beth was asleep when all this happened. So yeah. the dog didn't have any reaction. Mm-hmm. to this so it must have been someone that the dog knew the dog knew exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly that's my thinking too um so aside from also when um ian and don went to the police station to report that beth was unwell apparently they couldn't agree on many aspects of their statements they had differences in their statements which was kind of weird um, police were also concerned about Fergus's seeming lack of distress at the death of Beth or the disappearance of his wife, and he never mentioned his children once. Apparently, he just kind of sat there, like, quietly, just zoned out, which I get, like, people grieve differently. Yeah. So, you know, that could be the police jump into conclusions. You know, you, you just don't know. Um, but um, Beth had sent a cassette tape across to her friend who'd moved away and she talked a mixtape but she'd so she recorded this cassette and she sent it to her friend and she was talking like about what happened and stuff in her life and just a general like update and she was talking about um a man who was obsessed with her and followed her around mowed her lawn and bought her flowers apparently the man left the island shortly after her murder so police could we're thinking maybe he's a suspect. Um, she also had a friend called Michael. I don't know if it's the same man. They don't mention the name of the man who brought her flowers, um, but she had a friend called Michael that she was quite close with. And um, she mentioned that he was infatuated with her. Um, and he didn't seem to, it didn't sink in when she said that she was in a relationship with Fergus. He clearly wanted to be in a relationship with her. And she was kind of like, so me and Fergus are in love, you know? Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. love <laughs> and he was just like mm-hmm. yeah you, you mentioned that yeah get your tits out love uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I, the police were kind of like well you know michael could be a suspect because of you know like a rejected love or whatever but i just kind of think like he was generally just a guy who was in love with her there's yeah. nothing else to there's literally nothing else to go on that's it yeah um so Speaking of the boys, the kids, how do they sleep through Vivian and Fergus shouting and blaring at the top of their lungs enough to for her to smash a glass over his head? How did the kids not wake up? Yeah. They slept through the whole thing. How? Uh, it was also said that a witness stated seeing some bloodied paperwork um, in a house on the island and... The blood later turned out to be Beth's. Um, I think it was at the Cameron's house. 
and that was before midnight, which means the killer couldn't possibly have been Vivian because she was at home with Marnie and then at the hospital with Fergus, as confirmed by numerous medical staff. So she couldn't have bloodied any paperwork because she wasn't there. She had an alibi. Yeah. So what I think um, with that is, I think it was, uh, or, or how I've ex heard it explained away, is that it was some kind of farming receipt. Right. And because Beth worked on the farm, she she could have easily have come into contact with that and if maybe got a paper cut or if she if she had a cut on a finger and the blood got onto it i think there's quite a bit of blood on it though yeah i think but that's kind of the way that it was explained away and as well with the kids i think i believe uh, i heard the the lead detective on this and he said they didn't really interview the children because at the end of the day they're just kids and yeah they've lost their mother and you know what they're going through this trauma as well so it's mm -hmm. not like they're going to sit down in a room and go tell us what you heard kind of thing yeah they just they just kind of went oh, okay we'll just leave them out of this uh but like you say they were they were shifted on that night from pillar to post they had multiple people coming around surely at some point, they may have gone. It was a bit mental. Yeah. <laughs> what on uh, earth is going on? <laughs> but as well, yeah. I think I think as well that the police officer uh, who I heard on this other podcast, I can't remember, but I'll probably link it, it uh, below. I think he said that every time they turned up to like interview Fergus or the family, the children were very defensive. They were very. They had the kind of thing of we shouldn't talk to the police. Now mm. that's probably been instilled in them. So mm -hmm. obviously this is all like we're just guessing here, but maybe they they did not know something, but maybe they were instructed not mm -hmm. to say anything. It's I mean, funny if, that you. To be honest with you, if I had kids, that that's the first thing. Don't never talk to the police. But <laughs> I didn't kill my wife, uh, allegedly. Uh... <laughs> but it's funny that you say that because um, you know the lady that wrote the book that the the Phillip Island murder book. Yeah. So she'd said when she went to the island to do some research, she was basically booted out of everywhere and Ooh. told, "You are not welcome. Like piss off." Yeah. And then when the book went on sale. Early that morning, somebody went round all the shops that were selling it on the island and bought every single last copy so that nobody could buy it. Yeah, it wasn't. And I think that I think uh, this is the the lady that wrote the book was in this in in, in this podcast uh, that I'm talking about. And I think she said that she turned up and went into the like the Harris Island newspaper office. And she asked to look at like the historical clippings and the person that she spoke to went, oh, just wait here. And then the editor came out and went, no, we don't talk about that here. So she was, she was actively discouraged from doing any, any investigation into this, any research on this. Which is bizarre because you would think that people on the island would want to get to the bottom of what actually happened unless they do know what happened and they're just not allowed to talk about it yeah so this is this is the thing i think that 
there's obviously everything is weird in in this case but you've got fergus there saying that uh vivian said oh no you're a great dad like i'm a horrible mother uh but tonight you go and stay at your sister's Surely, if she was that, oh, right, we'll get a divorce, and I'm shit, you're the greatest, surely she'd go, so I'll leave. Yeah. Take mm -hmm. I'll find somewhere else to go, yeah. Surely mm -hmm. it should have been her yeah. going. Mm -hmm. If she was that terrible a person, and if you're Fergus, and you're hearing all this, and she's saying that, you go, right, well, I don't want you staying with my kids tonight. Can you... Uh, yeah off. or mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so mm -hmm. so that's really weird there as it well. is and like you say i think the timeline as well is bizarre because i think it comes down to a lot of the family members of the the family are saying oh it happened at this time no it happened at that time i think uh, when they got the phone call of can you come over and watch the kids it none of them had a, a very like none of them had the exact time no two times matched up it was kind of off with everything mm -hmm. so it, it, it's just and as well how did the car turn up 11 hours later exactly and i thought it was weird that like so they'd been Fergus and Vivian have been married for, I think, 10 years or something. And the the family's first and foremost concern was to check if Beth was okay, rather than to see if their sister-in-law of 10 years yeah. was yeah. okay. And yeah. by all accounts, they seemed to be quite friendly with her and on good terms. So why would you not check on your sister-in-law first and you would check on this random girl who you didn't really know that well? They don't even know her. Like she, it she doesn't make any sense. Farm. It's not yeah. something that she's not been introduced. She was she was pretty much the mistress. She was hidden away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And doesn't make any sense. He's sending his brother and his brother-in-law round. Like mm -hmm. to, to, to would you, would he? If it was me, I would want to go myself. I'd be like, holy fuck! I'm going to that house now. I'm going to find out if my girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, is okay. I would want to go myself. I wouldn't be like, hey, can you just do me a favour and just sit around and uh, see if my girlfriend's dead? Yeah. Yeah. Weird thing to say. Yeah. It's just... It, it's... And she was covered with a duvet. Why? Because that smacks of remorse. That smacks that her killer knew her and that they're remorseful about what they did. They're trying to hide what they've done by covering her over. Yeah. Shameful that they can't look at what they've done. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Bundy never did that, did he? Uh, no, he kept the heads and exactly, put makeup on exactly, him. Like... Touched them up every now and again. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I... It I, just doesn't make any sense to me. No. I mean, what is interesting as well is, like you you said, that the, at the beginning, the coroner, claimed her dead after two years and by all accounts this was kind of pushed through by the family because vivian hadn't been in contact with anyone for two years there's still nobody i'm sure i think it's five years in england if you've had no contact or 
you've not been seen or whatever, I think you you legally dead in five years. Yeah. Obviously, there probably are ways and means to push that through quicker, but two years is just, especially if if because there's nobody, she could have just disappeared, got on a train, mm-hmm. and disappeared yep. somewhere. And this is the same coroner that said, I can st- certifiably say that Vivian Cameron had uh, something to do with Beth's murder. How? How did you come to this conclusion? Yeah. <laughs> you literally have no evidence whatsoever. Yeah. I you think... have blood type A. Well done. Yeah. And as well, there's no fingerprints being taken. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's the crime scene. I think he basically turned up at the crime scene and just went, yeah, open and shut. And mm-hmm. I think he just, he, 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 yeah, he wasn't. So, good. so say it was Vivian, right? Say she just in a blind rage and she was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna kill her. She drives over there. She commits this horrible murder. She has a cigarette. And then she leaves. And then she's like, oh my god, what have I done? Oh my god, I'm a terrible, terrible person. I'll just kill myself. And then commit suicide. What, she wiped all the fingerprints from the... Commit suicide. Uh, Go on, sorry. She wiped all the fingerprints from the crime scene when she was going to kill herself. Yeah. Why? Yeah. She had no intention of killing herself because at the start because there's no suicide note, which okay is not in every suicide. There are not some suicides where there's no notes, but she realized what she'd done, covered the body over, and then went, "I can't live with the guilt." Yeah. Let's just scribble these fingerprints off, and then I'll go and kill myself in case I'm ever caught after I'm dead. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in that way, you could say it is, like, a crime of passion. Yeah. She's, she's had this incident, at the, like, as far as... I don't want to say as far as she's concerned, but let's just say her life's fallen apart. She's she's going to get divorced from her husband. She's, she's going to have nothing to do with the kids because she's such a terrible mother. Yeah, okay. Take it out on Beth fine and then have remorse and then go oh no i shouldn't have done this i'm gonna go and kill myself Mm. but the evidence doesn't even for us two sat here right the evidence does not support that her bag was left at home then her bag was found in the car this car that was allegedly there at five o'clock in the morning disappeared for 11 hours and then turned back up Mm-hmm. There was no, she wasn't found on the riverbed. Nothing of hers were found on in the river, on the riverbed. The The bridge was undisturbed. The blood-soaked towel was in the car, but there was no blood in the car. Yeah, there's there's no fingerprints. There's the, it, it's just, yeah. I, I don't buy it. No, not at all. And I mean... What we should add at this moment in time is that the two, like we were saying, she, after she was declared dead two years ago, she was part of the the estate 
So basically, mm-hmm. as soon as she was declared dead, Fergus got control of the estate, which had quite a bit of money in it because of you millions, right? yeah, prenuptials mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they actually went on to build this, which is the Harris Island Moto Grand Prix. So mm-hmm. this is built on their land, and from the moment that she was kind of declared dead and after that was built, they started hosting prestigious events in motor racing throughout Australia. And I even think it's had Formula One there and and stuff like that. So they have earned a lot of money from Vivian's passing. I mean, so it's... Like being devil's advocate, I guess if you are part of a prestigious family, if you are part of an important family and you've got a business to think of and a reputation to uphold, I can see why you would want to make this all go away and just be and just brush it under the rug because, you know, it's gonna affect potentially affect your business and then and thus your life. But it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. I <clears throat> I don't think victim um Vivian murdered Beth. I think Vivian was a victim herself. I don't think she is alive anymore. Yeah. I I think she probably died before Beth died. Yeah. As opposed to after. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd go out on that limb as well. I'd say this is... This is kind of... It's not even kind of a cover-up. But looking at it in layman's terms, allegedly, they were just... This is all hypothetical and we're just spitballing. Don't sue us. But <laughs> I think that this was a family cover-up that as soon as they found out, the family found out that divorce was on the cards and this would all be exposed, I think decisions were made and this is all how it went. And considering... The tourism, the the yeah. the land that the Grand Prix that 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 land has brought into the island. I think they could have just sat down with the coroner, with the police officers, and just explained it in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. This will be good for the town. Maybe something happened, but don't look over there. Look over here, and look. Yes. You've got all the clues there. Doesn't need Pyro to guess what happened there. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it looked just a little bit too obvious to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, and it's one of them when when me and you, we are lay people. We are not mm-hmm. in, like, we, we just do this for a laugh. But even when me and you are, are, like, fucking texting each other going, this is mental. How could nobody else see this? Yeah. And it, it, it's got to a point of going... Nah, this is this is suspect from the top to the bottom. This, uh, mm-hmm. and and it is it's really interesting uh, case. It's it just and relatively unheard of as well. Exactly, which exactly. is a shame. Yeah, I mean, like I said to you when you text me, it I was like, you know what, I'll have a look at it, and literally in a day, six hours of podcasts I listened to about this, <laughs> and I was still. At the end of it, I was still scratching my head going, how is, what, how can I, uh, why am I the only one that can see this? Surely not, <laughs> no. Uh, 
Yeah. But yeah, they uh, they they're choosing not to look at the evidence that's in in front of them. I mean, hopefully, if you know, if this case kind of gets out there and people get a bit like it gets a bit more attention, maybe people will look into it more and come up with some more bits and pieces, and maybe sort of be reopened. Yeah. And solved properly. Yeah, that's it as well. I mean, to be honest with you, we've got the hope of the summer and man. That's been mm -hmm. looked into again, isn't it, now with the DNA mm -hmm. testing that they've got. So hopefully, I mean, someone... And Vivian's family are still adamant that this, it never, like, all this stuff never kind of happened. I'm sure Beth's family are kind of the same. I mean, obviously I can't speak for them, but they don't have a justice really because they, yeah. don't, they don't have anyone arrested they've just got this kind of this is what you're telling me but is it kind of th so so no one out of this as well fergus has but no one like the victims haven't come out a winner in this one and there's, there's, there's obviously no justice and something something has happened and the whole thing's set out like a game of cluedo yeah it is it is bizarre and surely even though the coroner's i mean i know the coroner's said it is a closed case because he's declared vivian legally dead surely it still should be a cold case because there's no body mm -hmm. with, with yep. that's the least you could hope so surely it's sat somewhere in in the australian police department's file and someone hopefully like you say if, if people can just like talk about this a bit more then yeah. get, get the word out kind of thing uh, definitely and vivian if you're still out there call us yeah, yeah give us yeah just just like we're team you exactly yeah like subscribe and comment and uh helps the algorithm yeah we'll uh <laughs> we'll be in touch uh, <laughs> but yeah it's it's a truly it's a baffling case in the sense that it's just the obvious isn't mm -hmm. being said about it and uh it is it is really really interesting and you know what this is probably the tip of the iceberg about these kind of random weird cases where people have turned a blind eye to stuff and there's a family who are making money off it i mean mm -hmm. you're just fucking trump presidency in it really i mean kind <laughs> yes. of thing. but uh but yeah it's just two people have lost their lives i mean i know vivian's not officially dead but i am um, yeah yeah sure. i would i would very much like for her to still be alive and you know like sipping margaritas in malibu right now after marrying some rich man who treats it well well but i don't think so exactly yeah i mean yeah we we all have we all have that hope but yeah it's just the evidence doesn't point in that direction no and uh yeah on that bombshell <laughs> uh what are we talking about next week so I'm not going to tell you, but mm. I tell you what, it is an absolute oh, belter. It's yes, it's a banger next week. It's, <laughs> Yay! Uh, we're we're going to be doing we're going to be doing uh, another lot of uh, crack quacks 
So we're going to be talking about <laughs> mental doctors and nice. uh, and and what they've done. And love it. Yeah, I'm not going to give too much away, but it kind of involves breakfast cereal. So, uh, so yeah, so that's how mental it's going to be. Uh... <laughs> breakfast cereal. Yeah, breakfast cereal. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, well, no. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not, because I wrote, I wrote <laughs> He really it. wants to tell us. I do, I, do, I really do, I, but I wrote it the other <laughs> night and it was just, well, I, well, I'd had a few drinks, so we'll see how Oops. it goes, really. Uh, yeah, it was the Tuesday or something, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yes, this has been the M.O. Podcast with me, Contamatious and... And me, Atreya. Thank you all so much for joining us and we shall see you next time. Bye. Bye. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast.